a whore, you idiot. Okay, yeah. How are you this lovely Tuesday morning? Um, I'm doing really well. I had some really bad coffee this morning, and now I'm here with you. Yes, um, my name is Melissa. I'm also known as Scarlet or Kitten, depending on who you ask. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I am pansexual artist. So to start us off, uh, who are some queer artists that you're onto at this moment? I think one of my favorite, two of my favorite, I should say, because I feel like I've been listening to them a lot. Um, Phoebe Bridgers, of course, and um, Adrian Lanker. I just think they're they're both so talented, and um, yeah, it, it's awesome to listen to queer artists that I feel like I really relate to. Um, so I, I really can't get enough of their music. We also have Rory joining us. She, her, they, them pronouns. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers, of, uh, course, of course, always, always. Sad, sad, sad queen. <laughs> yeah. Dorian Electra. Oh, no. of course, we stand. Oh my God, I love them, and I love their their newest album. Um, I have a lot of their stuff on like my workout playlists because it's very like yeah hyper pop, you know. For sure. Arlo Parks. She's like an indie singer from England. I, I love queer music and queer stuff. The queer art that we are talking about today is queer porn and queer sex work within that. And I think one of the most important things that we can remember for ourselves was our first experience with queer porn and queer sex and intimacy. I think when I was in high school, I was like interested in like looking up like lesbian porn, but I didn't come out until I was 20. I didn't really even realize that I was queer until I was 20. So when I was in high school and I kind of like had that like interest, I was like, I felt kind of, kind of ashamed. And so I I never looked it up and I was like scared to look it up because I was like, what if I like it? And so I just kind of ignored it and I never, ever like ventured into that area. And, um, I've, I've, yeah, I I never watched it until I was 20. I like met this girl at my work and I just immediately knew that I was into her. And, um, a couple days later, she, she worked across the street from me. And a couple days later I went to her, her work and I asked her out and she said no, because she had a girlfriend. But, um, yeah, from that moment, I was just like, okay, yeah, I, I am not straight, that's for sure. And then I think, like, maybe as the years went on, I, I, I watched a couple things here and there. But I also, um, I, I don't watch a ton of porn myself. <clears throat> so so it wasn't something that I was, like, actively seeking out. Um, so the first experience I really had with queer sex was in person with my now ex-girlfriend. Um, yeah. My first queer porn experience was, I was probably like 12 or 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like, I realized that I was like bisexual or whatever. And so I like looked for queer porn, but like porn, especially queer porn is like hard to navigate. Cause like, Sometimes it's very clearly, like, especially lesbian porn, like, it's very clearly meant for, like, straight men. So that can be a little 
alienating um, because you're like, this is not for me. And yet, like, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so like, I don't remember specifically what the first like queer porns I watched were, but they were, they were kind of like, you know, like the classic porn scenarios, like probably, probably saw some like stepdaughter, mother stuff or like, yeah. Yeah, or like, oh, like massage therapist and patient or whatever. That's that's a big, that's a big one. <laughs> it's a really hard subject to talk about. And we could talk about this for hours because when I think about like queer sex, um, so much of it is fetishized by straight cis people, um, specifically for the most part, um, like lesbian sex is extremely fetishized um and i think that by creating this content it it definitely provides a safe space for queer people to like consume this 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 content because i mean when i was younger and i first started watching porn uh all i watched was was heterosexual porn and so much of it is so disgusting and like creepy and weird and a lot of it is like based on like non-consensual situations and so like that's not good for anyone to watch in my opinion but like especially for someone who doesn't know they're queer who is just like consistently consuming like really like content that can be really harmful um it's just it's just not it's just not great and I think that now that OnlyFans is around and now that queer people are starting to create their own porn production companies, it's, it's amazing because, you know, like queer people finally have respectful, wonderful, amazing content that they can watch that isn't produced by cis men that isn't made for the male gaze. You know, it's, it's made for them. Um, and it's, it's centered around mutual pleasure. It's not centered on, pleasuring a man it's not centered on (laughs) penises like it's not it's not centered on the male gaze and I think it's it's really it's really great that a lot more queer people are starting to create to create porn that's accessible to everyone else right now it's not free and it probably won't be because we want to support our queer creators but with access comes a price tag if you if you want good queer porn, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Which like I understand, like I want those creators to like be compensated fairly, but it's also like and it's hard because I've been on both sides of it. And you know, like as a sex worker, I was like, I don't want, you know, like I don't care about the people who are watching this for free. Like I care about the people who are gonna like tip me. It like the only stuff that's accessible is like viewed through like the hetero male gaze um a lot of uh, like a lot of everything is you know movies all like all kinds of visual representations and there's even one website that I've used and I've liked it's called Belessa and it's like porn made by women for women um but I've even seen their 
lesbian porn criticized because people are like, well, it's all like feminine women, you know, mm-hmm. like they're not really showing like, like a diversity in like how real lesbians like present themselves in real life. Of course there are like feminine queer women. Like I am one, I guess, but you, you can make things good and you can, people make things that they think there's a market for and they think that there's money to be made. I guess they don't really see us as like a porn consuming demographic or something and the fact is, like, there are a lot of straight men who watch lesbian porn. Like, I think it's the most popular porn genre in America. Um, and then that goes into how, like, queer women are fetishized in real life. which Because, yeah. like, I think a lot of people, like, that's their first encounter with it. And so then that kind of, like, warps their perception of, like, all lesbians or all, like, mm-hmm. queer women. Part of this narrative is capitalism. It's finding your niche, it's finding your nook, it's finding your market so you can sell the product that you're presenting to your audience. And it's not as easy as people make it out to be. To be successful as a sex worker, you do have to put in a lot of work. Like, it's not, people, people have a lot of misconceptions about it and you know, like if you're, if you're going to be really serious about it, then like, it does take a lot of time and effort. Um, and like creativity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's definitely like a real job, <laughs> you know, it's not just like you turn on the camera and shake your ass. Um, because you know, like there's, especially with the pandemic, like a lot of people turn to sex work um, both like people who were, uh, full service sex workers, which is like when people actually have sex. Um, but those people who couldn't offer those services anymore focus completely online. And then a lot of people who had never done it before, like started to come into like the world of online sex work. So they're in in that sort of like marketplace you know like there's a lot of people there's a lot of places that people can go so you want to it's weird because like sex work is also like subject to the principles of capitalism so you're like oh like what do I have to offer that like they can only get from me you know and so you have to be like creative and like entrepreneurial in that sense which is like a trip. <laughs> so it began when I was probably um, like 21. A, a good friend of mine um, told me about a website where you can meet basically and most often older men um, and they will pay you to go out on dates with you. And she was doing this for about a year and had told me all about it. It sounded like a really cool opportunity just to make some extra cash. So I started doing that. Um, and I, I was so young when I started doing it that I, I didn't go about it the best way possible. And, um, it just wasn't very successful for me until I, I think I was like 23 or 24. I started doing it again and I started making some really good money off of it. Um, I, I would go out on dates with honestly random guys and they would pay for my dinner and then they'd give me like a couple hundred dollars at the end of the night. And, um, then I would usually never speak to them again, just because I 
literally wasn't interested in them. Um, and so that was, that was, I will admit a pretty like shallow thing to do sometimes. But, um, I mean, I felt like I, I did what I had to do to make some money. And, uh, yeah, so that was like my first, my first little step into sex work, but it, it was such a mild version of it that sometimes I don't even know if I consider it sex work, at least for, for my case. Um, and then I feel like maybe when I was 24 or 23, I did a little bit of cam modeling online, but it kind of made me uncomfortable. So I, I only did it for a very brief time. And as of this last year, I started an OnlyFans and I've been consistently making content on there and making quite a bit of money. So that's been my most like successful, um, successful experience in sex work. I started being a cam girl in 2019. Um, but I didn't do it like, I didn't do it too, um, like I didn't work too hard at it. I just like would get on like every so often. Um, I wasn't really like building like a brand or like trying to like get a lot of money because I was also busy. So this was before the pandemic, right? And then that school year passed, like when we were in person, I didn't do it because I didn't have time. And then all of a sudden, March 2020, I'm going back to live in my parents' house. Um, you know, school is online and I got laid off from my job. So like a lot of changes were happening and that sort of drove me to go back to online sex work. Um, so I would be like, camming every night for several hours um and it's hard like there was an element of like well I can't really do anything else because like the pandemic has just started we're all like locked in our houses like this seems like you know like this is something I can do from home this is remote work um and that's you know, like something that was very valuable, but I'm thinking of going back to OnlyFans. I'm planning a triumphant return with like a different name and shit. And like, my hair is different now. Like, <laughs> of course. yeah. I feel like it's supported me most just because I have the most control over it. Um, when I was basically being an escort, um, I feel like it, it was really, it could be scary sometimes because you don't know who you're going out with. You don't know who you're spending your time with and you always have that knowledge that it can be very dangerous. And so everything feels kind of out of your control. Um, similar thing for cam modeling. It's, it's a bunch of strangers, you know, who can, any, anyone can join your, your chat room and anyone can see you. And so it just felt like I had no say over what was actually going on with, with me and with like my body. And so OnlyFans, I feel like it's, it's so much nicer for me because I, I am in control. And, um, even though I don't really know who my subscribers are, like I get to choose what I post out there. Um, I get to choose what I send as like a, a purchasable package to my subscribers. So I, I know that everything I'm doing on OnlyFans is, is my choice and it's not anyone else's. So it makes me feel a lot better. And that's why it's so easy for me to continue doing it. One of the reasons that I got really like kind of freaked out is because 
yeah, like when you're camming, you have no real way to monitor, like you don't know who's there and you don't know what they're doing. Um, so I was like, I would like search up my username and I would find like recordings of myself just like out on the internet that you could get for free. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I had all the ones that I could find like taken down through, um, DMCA, which is like copyright law. You just like send them a request and they like have to take it down. Um, but that, that scared me because like, and like, obviously I know when you do something on the internet, like that's always possible, but I guess like, I don't know, like it just freaks me out to know that I was like, like things were being done with my image, like without my permission. Whereas with OnlyFans, like even like, even if your shit gets leaked, you know, they paid for it. A big question. <laughs> Would you have done anything different? I might have maybe been just a little bit more honest about like my life and my intentions, I guess, because I think at first when I started it, I was really worried. I, I use a fake name. Um, my name is Scarlett anytime I am an escort because I don't want anyone to know who I actually am. But I, I was very dishonest about like my actual life and what my intentions were with these men. And now that I think about it, I think I think some of them would have been okay with the fact that it was a very shallow thing that I was doing because I think it was the same thing for them. You know, I think while I was just looking for money, they were honestly just looking for a good time with, you know, uh, an arguably attractive woman. Uh, so yeah, I think I maybe just would have like taken a little bit more of an honest approach that way. I would feel, um, I wouldn't feel like I had to lie constantly cause it was really exhausting, like having to constantly make up lies and just, act the whole time I'm I'm not a terrible actor but it's also not not my strong suit so it was like it, it was exhausting it was exhausting for sure and then cam modeling I I honestly wish I just never did it just because I it was such a short-lived thing and it was just stressful all around um and I didn't really make any money like I don't think I made a single dime off of cam modeling oh. uh because I think the website I was using you had to make a certain amount of money in order to collect it and have it sent to your bank. And I don't think I ever reached that point because I was just like so off put by the whole thing. There's always going to be some sort of risk involved and you kind of have to just like take that on if you're, if, if this is what you want to do, but there are ways to make sure that you're as safe as possible. And I can definitely say now looking back, like I didn't necessarily take all of those like safety precautions that I could have or should have. And like some people are really like they keep it separate. They have like one phone or one computer for their work and one computer for their personal so that it's like not connected to them in any way. And like, it could never be, you know, whatever, but it's also like, it's your image. So it's like, if someone recognizes you, then like you can say that's not me, but like, they probably know it is you. And, mm. you know, part of it is like, uh, I hesitate to use this analogy, but like, you know how people say like disability rights activists is like, the problem is not that people are disabled. It's the, the problem is that like society is not accommodating. Um, and like, that's why disabled people 
have struggles. And it's sort of the same principle in that, like, there are dangers and risks involved because our society is so, like, disrespectful of sex workers and sex in general in some ways. Um, So, like, the whole taboo of, like, being found out, like, that wouldn't need to be a, um, a concern if we lived in a society that treated it as like real valid work, which it is with a lot of trans sex workers, um, especially in the past, they wouldn't be able to get jobs because they didn't pass. Um, and so that was like an avenue that they could turn to. Um, so I think there needs to be like, like I think like queer advocacy without advocating for sex workers is not sufficient. And then sex work advocacy without like specifically um, acknowledging queer sex workers is not adequate either. Um because there is, there are a lot of intersections between those two communities. Um, and I think like sex work has been a way, well, a method of survival for people who couldn't do other things because of discrimination. And it's also in some cases been a way for people to celebrate and explore their sexuality and like find agency in a world where their sexuality was not respected. Yeah, so when I was escorting, I really wanted to date, you know, women as well, or like, you know, anyone who was queer. Um, but the, the whole website was literally just old men, like, oh, I'm saying old men. And so, no matter how many times I like refreshed the page or like went back and like re-updated my, my preferences. Um, it was just always men. And so that was a little bit of a bummer just because, you know, I wanted a little bit of variety. And since I'm not, since I'm not straight, it's just like, it can be so annoying just to be constantly on dates with old cis men. Um, on cam modeling, I have no idea who my audience was, but now on OnlyFans. um, I think it started out as a lot of straight men as my as my subscribers, but as of recently, um, I've, I've gotten a lot more queer people who have been subscribing to me. Um, so that's been great because I I think that making content tailored to cis men is really frustrating for me because I I see myself making this content as a way to kind of like empower myself and also like stray away from this idea that I have to be a specific way to be accepted by society. And so heteronormativity is the most widely accepted thing from society. And so making like heteronormative content can just be kind of, kind of repetitive and annoying at the end of the day, because it's, while it is something that I'm, I am fine with, like my, I have a boyfriend, you know, I have a, I have a cis boyfriend. So it's not like I'm against heteronormative sex. It's just, 
it's not what I want all the time, you know, and I, I hate the feeling of being <laughs> perceived by like just a ton of men and like no one else. Um, so I'm glad that I do have a more of a queer audience now because now I can start making more content like specific to them. It's hard feeling like you have to cater toward the male gaze, like how I was talking about with like the lesbian porn, you know, mm-hmm. and like often I would feel as though I was catering toward the male gaze. Although like with OnlyFans, you can make your own content. You can make whatever you want. And like, you know, if people like it, they like it. Um, But I was just kind of feeling like, oh, like there's like just these men in the chat room, like asking me to do certain things and like, that's fine, but it's not like feeding my soul. Do you think it would be helpful to have a site similar to OnlyFans that was strictly for queer content or queer content producers uh, or something of the sort? Yeah, I, I think that it would be super helpful if, if that were to exist. Um, even just like a website with like links to all the different like queer production companies, because it's, I know from experience, it's really hard to find queer porn on these big, these big websites, you know, um, I don't support Pornhub, but I know for a fact that it is extremely hard to find porn on there. That's queer. That's not specifically made for men. Um, and so I think it would be amazing if there were to be a website that had, you know, either, either like a Pornhub esque website that has, you know, just all the videos posted on there, um, or just links to different, production companies. Um, I have noticed that a lot of these queer production companies that I've been like discovering lately, they, they kind of run it like an OnlyFans um, in the sense that like you have to pay a subscription to view the content for like the month or whatever. Um, but it, it's really hard to find. It's really, really hard to find those websites because anytime, if you were to Google like queer porn, it would, the first thing to come up would be Pornhub and like, X, X videos or whatever, you know what I mean? So you'd have to scroll for a, a hot minute in order to find that stuff. So if, if we created or not, we, not me technically, but you know, if, if someone were to create that platform, that would be so helpful to so many people because they wouldn't have to filter through all the gross cis male directed bullshit that is already out there. And now for a beautiful transition, since we've been talking about OnlyFans, why don't we hear about yours? Well, I, I'm sorry, but I have to plug myself. Um, if you're if you're interested in my OnlyFans, you can find me at Toodles Kitten, T-O-O-D-L-E-S Kitten. Just a lot of nudes, honestly. A lot of videos in the shower. Those are my favorite. Um, and... I've been posting a lot more queer content lately, so a lot more things involving involving straps and things like that. Um, and then I, I also take customs. So basically, I, I my dream is to basically be the person people come to for fantasy fulfillment. Like I want someone to come to me with their as strange as they can be fantasies, and I want them to ask me to create it, and I want to I want to I want to do that for them. Um, so. That's like my goal, but I basically take any requests. Um, I've taken anything from small videos, small pictures, 
long videos of like me masturbating. And I just recently, as you know, Nathan, I recently got a request to make a video of me peeing. So, so yeah, that that's that. If, if you have any requests or fantasy fulfillment, let Toodles Kitten know. At the time of this recording, Rory had not established her new OnlyFans yet, but their new OnlyFans is Mix Faye June Shine. You can find them at Faye, F-A-E underscore M-X. And uh, they, she, let's explore together. And from Rory Words herself, If you like rainbows, I think you will enjoy this. <laughs> If you like rainbows, I think you will enjoy this. You heard it from the mouth of the horse. <laughs> Thank you again for joining me today. That was Rory and Melissa talking about queer sex and queer porn in the height of the pandemic. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you learned something. And even if you didn't, thank you for hanging out. I, I appreciate the good vibes all around. So make sure to stay queer and fuck on.